You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. everybody welcome to the paranormal portal podcast i hope you guys are having a wonderful night and thank you so much for tuning in and supporting all that we're doing here on the podcast it's uh been amazing you guys have been amazing out there uh checking us out and subscribing and downloading and um it's just a real real pleasure uh of course i'm your host brent thomas this is the paranormal portal podcast and uh once again special thanks to revolver podcast for making all this possible Just, this is a topic that I'm extraordinarily passionate about. I find uh, very, very interesting, and I love the idea of learning new things about it. Uh, and so Don and I are, once again, pleased to welcome our special guest tonight, Mr. Dean Harrison, who is joining us all the way from Australia. But uh, welcome, Baxter. Welcome to the second hour of the show. We made it. We did. <laughs> Um, what I'm going to do, I'm going to cut out um, pretty much everything and get straight onto big stuff. Okay. Now we're not at the big stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big stuff here. Yeah. Um, I've had all this other stuff that, that, that's that's up here that we can talk about, but um, I think what everyone's probably wants to talk about is when I got hit by with the yowie. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll just get to, because it's going to take a, a bit, and I'm just looking at the time, because we're only, we're, we never have enough time. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll just do some background on this area. Okay. Now, we were, we, were, um, we were given the opportunity to go to this area uh, via advice from a local historian. Now, and this person said that they had had certain encounters 
there, and the, the place is called Oakview State Forest, and it's a place called Kilkeven. It's very dear to my heart because we've had so many amazing experiences there. Uh, so we were we went out there, and I think that the first time we were there, we um, we had quite a few people. We had a camper van with an elderly couple, an older couple. Uh, it was uh, George and Glenis McKay. Um, we, we had we had multiple vehicles. We had all sorts of personnel, and we had been given instructions to go to the top of this mountain uh, where there was this this old hut, and it hadn't been driven on in years, and probably a decade or so. So it was all really overgrown. Uh-huh. I didn't have a four wheel drive, but my car didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Straight over everything, and I'm going through grass this high, and you had no idea if there's a log on the ground or not. We're just plowing <laughs> through everything, and uh, we got to the top, and we still had um, no. We didn't have radio comms with the bottom. Uh, now the camper van couldn't get up to the top because mm. it was a camper van, and uh, you need a four-wheel drive or my car uh, to, to, or me as the driver, to, to, to get to the top. <laughs> and uh, so they had to park down the bottom, and one of our guys decided so he'd stay down there with them. So. During that night, we we had we had no no action at all um, at the top of the hill. Uh, at about seven o'clock in the morning, one the, the guy who was staying down the bottom of the hill, I think he'd done a, a six mile track all the way up uh, to tell us because we didn't have comms uh, that they'd been attacked that night. So mm-hmm. we geared up and we went back down to the bottom of the hill and slid down. Oh. Uh, various ways through mud and stuff and we get down there and what had happened was at about one o'clock in the morning this well they heard some noises in the bush and uh then suddenly crunch on the side of the camper and the whole camper just started swaying like this side to side Mm -hmm. now we could have had six or seven of our guys pushing this camper and we wouldn't have made it move Wow. This thing swayed. In fact, it swayed so much that George, six foot, whatever is of George, he fell out of bed and uh, he gets up and he goes, what's going on out here? Da, 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 da. Opens the door and he said, this thing runs off through the bush and what was left out there in the mud beside the camper was these footprints. Um, so we learned that this was where they were and it was a great introduction to this area. Um, so that was terrific. So now we we had uh, spent a lot of nights there, and you could hear and actually even see at some stages the bushes all going like this, and then bang, tap, 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 and then you'd hear up over there, tap, tap, tap. It was really active. Wow. There's a lot going on there, so it really captivated our interest. Um, so. After many, many nights there, we found this, this uh, we found a logger's cabin. And it was really, it was great. It was unlocked. It was in the middle of the pine forest. It had several bedrooms, and outside was a nice fireplace, etc. It hadn't been used, again, like decades. And we thought we'd use that as a, as a, as a, um, a base camp. Sure. And uh, so we were, we were out this one night, and we'd been out, for hours and hours, it was about three o'clock in the morning. We decided we'd go back to the huts uh, through through the through the pine, uh, the, the, the pine uh, forest. Mm-hmm. And so 
everyone sort of walking ahead, and I was with Phil, crazy Phil. And Daryl's sort of disappearing, and Phil's with me. We're, we're walking along, and I'm busy talking my head off, as sometimes I do. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, Phil's just being extraordinary, extraordinarily quiet this particular night. And we're just sort of walking side by side, and Phil's probably about you know, 10 yards to my right, just, just within the, the pine forest. And we've been walking for about probably about half an hour to get back to the, the huts. Mm-hmm. As we're getting close to the huts, Phil starts to sort of go off that way. And as I'm coming up to the stairs of, of, of the huts, uh, I must be going for a wet. Um, so I, <laughs> I, go, I, go, I go up uh, and open the door, and everyone's in there, including Phil. Wasn't he just going for a wet? <laughs> the, the Phil was in there. Yeah, wasn't wasn't he just out having a wet? Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So, uh, so there, there's this. I mean, we had a lot of lot of these these great uh, interactions with them, um, and then that there's this one night, and this is getting onto the anomaly, right? Um, and this is one thing I, I really can't explain. Mm-hmm. Myself and uh, a guy by the name of Marcus, we'd gone up on this hill away from the um, the, the, the loggers' huts, and we're right up there in the in the, 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 the pine plantation, mm-hmm. and it was about two o'clock in the morning, and we had this idiot. Everyone has an idiot in the group, right? <laughs> so we, had, we had this 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 idiot that was. Just, Really on thin ice, as far as I was concerned. Um, and he'd do stupid practical jokes, which is not on in a team environment. You do not do that. So anyway, he's down. We, we were aware that he was down there somewhere in the creek. And about 2 o'clock in the morning, myself and Marcus being up here, we hear coming down from the bottom of the mountain, crunch, 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 right directly at us. And it's from a long way too. Crunch, crunch. And it was just so melodramatic, it had to be a joke. It sounded like an elephant on two legs. And it sounded like someone really banging it on. That's how loud it was. And this is really, really dry undergrowth too. So crunch, 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 coming up. It's getting closer and closer. And I'm just looking at Marcus going, do you reckon it's him? And, and uh, I think we may have got on the radio at one stage, um, because we just did light references. So, so where are you, for example? And they'd go, and you'd go, oh, okay, this is light reference. And this thing's getting closer, and it's getting closer, and it's so overpronounced these steps. Um, crunch, crunch, getting closer, getting closer, getting closer. Now it's within probably about 30 yards. Uh, it's pitch dark. And crunch, 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 crunch. Now it's probably 15 yards, 10 yards, 5 yards, right there in front of us. I put on the flashlights the last very last step. Not another, another step, and not a thing there. Oh my God! Nothing there. I cannot, to this day, cannot work it out. I spent the good time half an hour trying to work this out in my head. Where did this something that was this big? Mm-hmm. Where did it go? It had to go somewhere. It's just pine forest. There was no holes, and and you know. It's, it's, they're pine trees. You can't hide up pine trees. And so, but we looked anyway. 
we looked high, we looked low, we looked this way, we looked that way. It was gone. It basically disappeared the moment I hit the button of the flashlight. That was the very last step right there in front of us, five yards away. Boom, gone. Oh, that's weird. Makes no sense. Wow. So this is why I say sometimes you, know, you, you like to have an easy answer. Yeah. But sometimes there's not an easy answer. Mm-hmm. And this puzzle can't work out. Yeah, that's trippy. That's really trippy. So we hear stories all the time of like, you know, Bigfoot camouflage, you know, phasing, predator, you know, fur camouflage, things like that. I got to ask, uh, what's your idea on that, if I may? Like I said, I have no answers. Okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. I yeah, don't... fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't the, think the, the answer is their flesh and blood. Right. Right. And and, and we're just simply mistaken because you know, we make mistakes. So maybe there's just a, a, an obvious reason around something. I, I don't know. But uh, I'll give you another example of Kilkeven. Uh, we were out there on Operation Rotation. This is 2001, and this thing. No, no, this. Again, we're still getting into the anomalies that I'm, I, don't, I don't really feel comfortable about, but I'll have to tell it anyway because maybe someone else can relate. So we're sitting there at our at our base camp, and suddenly, about two o'clock in the afternoon, there's this crashing coming through the bush. And remember, where we are is miles from anywhere, mm-hmm. miles from anywhere, and from the bush. And the direction of the bush, there's no roads or anything. This thing came through like a steamroller felling trees. That's how dramatic this noise was coming down through. Um, and I was on a mission. I was on a real mission. And I was fearless. I was, nothing was going to stop me. I was going to get footage this weekend. I was going to get it. And here this thing comes. It's like an elephant on two legs, just crashing through everything. It was huge, absolutely huge. I cannot underestimate and emphasize how big this thing was. It had to be enormous. Wow. Everything crashing down. And everyone's just looking at each other and it's like... <laughs> and the uh, first thing I did, I grabbed my camcorder. I'm going down there. You guys stay here. I'm, I'm doing this. Uh, this is mine. And I ran down the track. I ran across the creek, ran up the creek, right to where it was. And the moment I stepped from the creek bed onto the embankment where it was last heard, bam, I just just like walking through a wall of cold ice. Wow. I Okay, so from here I am in the creek bed. I'm fearless. I'm doing this. I'm motivated. I'm scared of nothing. Nothing's going to stop me. Mm-hmm. The moment I stepped up, I started to feel nauseous. I felt physically like ill. I got weak. I my I had goosebumps. I began to tremble. I went down to my knees. I dropped. Uh, 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 I. I dropped to my knees. I, my legs went from out from under me, just like a, like a boxer. You, my knees just went. Wow. And at the same time, I still had my faculties, and I'm trying to reason 
with myself, like I did back at Ormo before I was chased, mm-hmm. I'm trying to reason with myself, why are you feeling this? You know, what, come on, what, give me something, you know, you're not stupid, why, why are you going through this? From there to there, right. and then I've, I've actually dropped down like that, just straight down, and I was basically face first into the dirt. Wow. And I'm lying there, I just can't move. <laughs> and I just had this feel, I mean, whatever it was, I just had this feeling that it was just there. It was just there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had my eyes open, and I'm looking, but I can't move my body. Uh, and I'm looking, and, and also everything was silent. It went from birds and cicadas, uh, bugs, everything just went gone. Oh, jeez. Oh, that stillness is no creepy. Noise. No noise. And I'm lying there in this silence, and my mind is going 100 miles an hour trying to psychoanalyze myself. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I'm so aware that this isn't just me. Right. I know for me because I had everything going on up here, but the body shut down. Um, and I just had this acute awareness that there was something there, there was something there, and it wasn't making a noise. And it made no sense for something to be so loud, so big, so heavy, and have such a major presence, not to break one twig as it left. Wow. And then suddenly, all the cicadas and all the birds and all the little bugs all came back, and that feeling I had passed, and I got up to my knees, and I looked around, I got up to my feet, shook it off, I was fine, and there was nothing there. Can I ask you, were you able to observe the physical evidence of all of that commotion that you were seeing? Like, did you see felled trees or anything? No, I didn't actually walk in there. Oh. I, was, I was too shaken up. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all, but wow. That... I mean, that was just, just one of those other anomalies of, um, of Kil, Kilkeven. Uh-huh. Um, I'm just going to budget my time here. Um, I remember there was a, there was a fun time. I, I had a, a friend of mine who's a top Gold, Co- Gold Coast lawyer, and he, he used to come out with this. And uh, we, we went out to, to Kilkeven one afternoon, and as dusk was coming, I set up a plan where we'd be on the side of the creek bed, because I've always said that they'll use creek beds as corridors, and they'll use particularly granite-based uh, creek beds not to leave their, not to leave their, their, their footprints. Oh. And so I, I found this big rock. I mean, it was a big rock. It was probably about five feet high and you know, four feet wide. It was a perfect place to hide behind. And I was hiding behind that, and Mike was sitting out on a rock in the middle of... The, uh, the dried up creek bed and suddenly from around the bend of the creek you'd hear all this teetering going on, all the, all the rocks were teetering like footprints, lots of footsteps teetering, teetering, teetering and there's something walking uh, bipedally around the bend and all the birds started going crazy and all glide bombing and uh, oh, something's going on here I said Mike, Mike come, come, come up here come behind here, something's coming and, again, it's just getting right on that dusk, Mark. And he looks up to me and goes, no. <laughs> I said, no, come, come up here. And he's looking and goes, no. And I'm getting really angry with him now because he's, what I say? Um, come up here now. No, no, I'm not, I'm not coming up there. Because he's too scared. He's too scared. He wanted, to be, he wanted some space. He wanted to be in the open. He's a bit worried about what this was that was coming around, coming around the corner. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, and now it's getting really, it's getting darker and darker and darker, and I'm getting more and more peed off because he's going to give our position away. And uh, God, you've ruined everything. You've absolutely ruined everything. <sighs> so I've got my position, and I've walked down and I sat with him to and we both had our backs to where I was. Mm-hmm. Now this thing where it was coming around, it's cut up into the bush, and now it's walking the, uh, the, the creek line through the forest. And where does it go? Right where I was sitting. <laughs> and it squats down right where I was. Thank God I'd walked down to it. Thank God he said, no, I'm not going over there. So now here's this thing sitting right behind us. And um, like we'd, hear it, we'd, we'd hear, hear every footstep as it, as it makes its way there. And then we hear this... <sighs> And then we hear, and this went on for minutes and minutes. And Mike turns to me and goes, do you have a Ventolin spray? It sounded like it had asthma. It was just sitting there and it was so loud. It was not just the exhales, but the inhales. Oh. <laughs> it's <was> so melodramatic. <laughs> this thing's got a mess. Oh, please. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, attention seeker. It, it must have a massive diaphragm for it to be able yeah. to, to, to do that. It's, it's huge. So, so that was that was a part of our experiences out there at Kilkeeve. And uh, I'll just mention this, this one more this one more that I'd just like to, to bring up. We had uh, the New York Times want to come out and do a story on this. Uh-huh. So... We, we, we thought, okay, Kilkevin's a better place than, it, uh, than any others. So uh, myself and uh, Steve, we, we took out this crew. And there was, uh, I think, a husband and wife and some other guy. And we'd set up tents in a, a creek bed. And they were absolutely mortified that we were stringing out bones, <laughs> meaty bones, around the campsite. Because remember, you, know, you guys come from bears and things. You're not allowed to do sure. that. And uh, so we, we had... Um, at night time, well, we'd, we'd cooked, cooked a barbecue. At night time, we, we left two of them back there. And I said to Steve, I said, I want you to go 400 yards down that track there and just prop yourself down there in the creek. And he had a, he had a shotgun, mm-hmm. which is unusual for us because we don't really carry guns. And um, so he, he went down there and to the right-hand side of the creek, he went, he went and sat there. And we went up over to the other area, and, and it wasn't long before I get a radio feed from Steve saying, I'm coming back. And I said, no, you're not, hold position. No, I'm coming back. No, you're not, hold the position. No, seriously, I am coming back. And I turned to this, this American guy, and I said, uh, obviously something's wrong, because he, he wouldn't normally do that. And so I said, okay, we'll, we'll come down and meet you. So as we, we meet each other, Steve's as white as a ghost. And I'm angry because you're not supposed to stay there. And I said, what happened? And, um, and he said, well, he said, you know how you told me to walk down there and, and, and sit? Well, I did that. I did that for you. He said, but unfortunately, I sat right in between two of them. <laughs> oh, wow. He said he had no idea. He said he's sitting there. He's sitting there in the dark. He's got a shotgun. And he's thinking, yeah, this is really good. Though. I won't know I'm here. And then he's this... Uh, this side, and he goes, ah, this side, he just goes, ah. 
You said, I didn't know what to do. You said, I had a gun, but it's like, Ugh. and you just got up. You said, that one sitting, basically, he's sitting right in between two of them. He said, how I did that? I've got no idea. He said, it was pitch dark. He said, there's two of them sitting there. They must be sitting there watching me going, what's he doing? <laughs> and, he's like, and then they must be looking at you and going, see with you. <laughs> Who brought the, the bald guy? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And and obviously he just got up and walked away. I mean, it was just like that, huh? He, yeah, he, he, he did. But uh, we we uh, we left the, uh, the other two back down in the camp and we were doing our own thing, having a listen. And they, they said they were being surrounded uh, by creatures unknown. Uh, and we were just ignoring it. And then it got to the stage where it said, listen, we're packing up because this is just too much. You guys got to get back here right now. We, we, we are seriously in danger. Wow. That's intense. That's incredibly intense. But I, you know, I imagine that if you're going to go out there, you got to be, I mean, you got to be ready for those kind of things uh, or, and so much more. I, 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 my hat goes off to you because the intrinsic danger that's involved in every time you go out there, um, you don't know if you're going to run into one of those that wants to smash people or if they're just kind of putting up with people. Uh, I did actually find that out. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. I I don't think. Go ahead. I said we'll get to that story just on the other side of the road. Oh, very good, very good. Yeah, I mean, that's the part that I think takes a lot, a lot of courage because you know, obviously, physically, we're not, we're not even in the same ballpark. Uh, You know, if they wanna, if they wanted to turn us into pudding, they would. They turn us inside out with a thought. Yeah, or just you know, tear us in half, and it would be this like as easy as a piece of paper for us. And that one that chased me at Norfolk, uh, sorry, at, at Ormo, I knew at the time there was nothing I could have possibly held, anything handheld that would have saved me, that I could have defended myself with. Yeah. It was just too, too strong, too powerful. Mm-hmm. Nothing I could have done. I could have had a samurai sword, it wouldn't have helped me. Right. I mean, we're just so outclassed. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah, no question. Like a toothpick, just like that. Yeah, I've heard stories like that, too. Of, uh, I mean, they're kind of historical stories, but people right. confronting these things and getting their heads popped off, like, like little like daisies. And mm-hmm. uh, that seems to be a way that they do it. But, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to our last break. We will be right back in just a couple minutes. More of Mr. Dean Harrison when we get back. Don't go away, everybody. More of the Paranormal Portal in just a couple minutes. Hey guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal Podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash paranormal dash portal and you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family.
Ladies and gentlemen, the last half hour is upon us. That's how quickly it goes here in the portal, especially when you have an amazing guest. And our guest tonight is Mr. Dean Harrison from Australia. World-renowned Yahweh researcher is here sharing his insights and knowledge. And uh, welcome back, sir, with the last half hour of the show. Wow. It goes so fast, doesn't it? It really does. I, you know, it's it's it, it kind of makes me feel bad because I know I'm going to have to talk you into another visit <laughs> because there's so much ground to cover, and I know we're not even putting a dent in this. But uh, you know, it's it's absolutely fascinating. Your experiences are incredible. Your insights are are, are phenomenal. I I just love learning about this. I think it's fascinating, and it's really cool to hear about. The Yowie, because, you know, of course, we over in the States know there's a Yowie over there. I mean, those of us that are in the Bigfoot community know about uh, an idea of the Yowie, but to hear you personify it and talk about the behaviors and stuff, to me, I find really fascinating because there's so many parallels and overlaps between the two, even though they're continents apart. You know, I find that really, really fascinating. <clears throat> where, where you find one, there'll be another not too far away. Mm -hmm. and they, do, they do have family groups. Um, they aren't quite as nomadic as some people believe. Okay. Home, that, that, sure, they'll wander, but home will always be home. They'll always return. They can go for, for, for weeks and weeks or months and months. Um, they'll always come back to home. And uh, as I said, where you find one, there'll be another not too far away. And this is one of the reasons why you won't find their dead. So you won't find one died of you know, natural causes. Mm -hmm. um, now, if, if you're on a walking track, for example, like in a, a forest walking track, and I'm going to get off track and not even get to this if we keep going. I'll, I'll just quickly wrap this thing up. Um, sure. if, if you're on a walking track in the middle of the forest, you won't find, I'll use Australian terms here, a koala or a kangaroo. Uh, dead of natural causes lying there on the track for you. It just doesn't work like that. Mm. Uh, so when people say, well, why can't I find a body? Or why are there dead bodies found? Well, number one, you just won't naturally find them just displayed for you right. conveniently. Uh, but number two, the, the main thing is that they have family units. Now, remember, don't ever... Think of them as an animal because you're getting way off track. You're down, you're following the wrong path and keep believing that. You're not going to get anywhere in research. Don't look at them as an animal. Look at them more as a human. Mm. Then you'll start to nut it. Now, also, perhaps even put that in your mind too, uh, a, a convict, someone who doesn't want to be found. Right. Uh, and and the, the, the reaches that they'll go to, to not to be found, I guess. Uh, sure to cover their tracks. Um, so back onto the, the topic of where you'll find one, there's another not too far away. Well, if, if one does die, the other one that's not too far away will also have others that aren't too far away, but they will find it and they will take the body because they're not going to leave the body to be picked apart by predators, mm -hmm. uh, as we wouldn't, and they won't leave their bodies to be, to be discovered by humans. Sure, um, sure. So they will take care of their own dead. And even thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago, uh, we were burying our dead. It was you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago, we were burying our dead. So what makes these things any different? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Um, so, yeah, so, so if, if one dies, it will probably be found by another one and it will be taken away. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, now, that aside, 
we're going straight back into Kilkeven and we're going to the night that I was here. Okay. So, this is a this was January second, two thousand nine. It wasn't um, it wasn't an expedition per se. It was just a night out, basically. Uh, I was in Melbourne at the time. I'd, uh, I was on holidays, and of course, the place close to my heart was Kilkeven. And I thought it'd be nice if I grabbed a few people and we went out there. Um, so that afternoon we arrived, we set up camp at a place that we call the arena. Now the arena is a cascade. It's, I just put this up. You can see it. It's a it's a rocky cascade, and it's a lot it's a lot steeper than it looks. That is actually very steep. Now down the bottom there, you can see there's a rock pool, and to get up there, particularly if it's a little bit wet, you've got algae, so you can slip really easily. Mm. So. Um, we are camped down at the bottom of that, and we were being loud, we were being raucous, uh, we had uh, been out on you know, walks and all that sort of jazz, uh, and it was time to settle down. Now, 10 o'clock came, and we are all sitting around the camp, the campfire, and we are just talking as you do, as if you were just camping in general. Um, come about 2 o'clock... Well, between, say, about midnight and 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, a few of the people were starting to dare each other to go for a walk by themselves up this particular track past the arena. And everyone was going, oh, not me, not, not me, because it's a pretty spooky area. And uh, so, of course, I put up my hand and go, I'll, I'll go. And so what I always did, a part of my method in research that I always performed was... I would, walk, I, would, I would venture away from uh, base camp and I'd sit there and I'd listen to see if we have any visitors. Because quite often, more often than not, when you're in a camping situation, these things will come around your camp and they'll be watching you. But you will have no idea that they're there watching you, right? Mm-hmm. So you have eyes all around you. It's like what we said before. It's like you'll never see them because they blend and they're dark and we're dumb and we can't. <laughs> we are blind. We, we, we can't see them. Right. They can see us. We can't see them. So they can just stand there out there in the open. So you've probably got something out there behind a tree watching you because you know, you're of great interest to them. You imagine how boring it would be out there and then to have a human out there or a few humans and you've got a campfire and you've got some noise. It would be great interest. You know, let's go and watch what's, what's, what's going on out here. So you stand there and you watch. So about two, between 12 and 2 o'clock, I went for a walk down into that cascade, down the bottom, and I started to make my way up. Now, as I'm getting about one quarter of the way, suddenly this sulfuric odour, mm. this strong, pungent, sulfuric smell that was so dense... I could feel it going up my nostrils. Mm. That's how powerful it was. It was right there. So I radioed back down to base, which wasn't far behind me, and I said, situation. Then Steve got on the the radio down there, and he said, well, careful, because you know what that often means. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was tired and wasn't worried about it. And also I was believing at that stage 
that this sulfuric smell was some sort of rotting, um, dirty water stagnant thing that perhaps was coming through the rifts in the rocks, the cracks in the rocks, because it was, it was all quite wet. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, that sort of makes sense. So I was being very careful as I was going to the top of this, this cascade because, again, it was, it was all quite slippery. Um, but this smell, it was just, it was there. It was right there. And sure. it was overwhelmingly strong. But I ignored it. And I kept going. And I get to the top of the cascade, and on me at the time, I had a mag light, I had a bottle of water, and my radio. That's all I had. Wow. Wow. And I, and I stood there, and I looked up at the, bo- at, at the bush. Down below me was base camp. To the side was a hill. To my right was a big hill, a really big one. And this is all pine. All pine. Okay. Uh, and to my left, down to my 45, was uh, a big rock pool full of water. Um, just above me here was a track. So the track went uh, to, along to my right. So it went to, it was like a, an ascent track, then ascent up the top of the, the, the mountain. And so I sat there. And I started to tune into the bush, just listening and really concentrating on everything around me, but really focusing. And suddenly, up here, crunch. And I stood up and I looked up and crunch, crunch, crunch. This thing starts marching. And when I say marching, I mean marching, marching, marching with no inhibitions. Oh. Like, it doesn't care. It doesn't care. It, it, it is marching. It is doing what it's doing. It's not going to hide. It's not going to hide from you. It has a purpose. This thing is walking with a purpose, mm-hmm. marching with a purpose. And I've got the radio, and I still have the bag light and bottle of water to my side. And I said, head count, guys. Uh, are you guys all down in base camp? And yeah, we're all here. I said, well, I've got company. And as soon as I said, I've got company... This thing was pretty much level with me. It turns to its left and then proceeds to sprint straight down the mountain. Sprinting straight down the mountain. Sprinting in pitch darkness. Sprinting in unhospitable terrain. Sprinting over things that we'll be tripping over. Sprinting around foliage that we would have to navigate, it was sprinting, and it was getting faster, faster, and faster. <laughs> okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break, so don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. Alright everybody, and we're back, and we're back at it here on the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Buckle up, we're going in. Now, meeting me, I wrote the book 
on how a Yao should behave. <laughs> My problem was he didn't read the book. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't paying attention. <laughs> According to page eight, paragraph two, he should stop by that tree. <laughs> he didn't. He went by that tree and he's getting faster again. And now I'm like, the reality's kicking in. Now I'll stop the story at this point because this is really pertinent. Prior to this point and all the experiences I've had of all these years and all the time I've spent alone within, in my own head, I've come up with all these different scenarios and how I'd get myself out. If this happened, I'd do that. If that happened, I'd do this. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. I'm always one step ahead of you because I've got it all worked out. <laughs> that night was all out the window. All that experience was gone. Everything I had staged in my head, in every different possibility, every realm that could have happened to me, was all gone. Nothing. I had nothing other than to put my hand up and go, stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Didn't know English either. Um, so, so I've got a hand up, and I'm going, stop, stop, because I knew at this stage, and he's getting down to this track just above me, he's getting right to the, the, this track, and, I'm going, and I knew at this speed, it would take a lot of effort for him to stop, and I'm going, stop, 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 I'm yelling now, I'm actually yelling, so I'm starting to freak out, <laughs> yelling, stop, 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 and, and you hear him leap off that top bank, and he lands on the track, boof, boof, and then as soon as he... It was like a leap from there and then the leap down to my short ascent. As soon as he, as soon as he leapt off that track, there was no stopping him. There was nothing I could do. There was absolutely, it was all, if he wanted to stop, he couldn't have stopped. Uh -huh. uh, and I knew at that stage, brace for impact. Yeah. And, and it's like all the worst nightmares have come at once. And he, came down and he hit me fair square in the chest. I went flying. I mean, it was, it was a big, solid punch too. And I don't even feel, not even to this day, because it's so dark, I'm not even sure if it was, if it was a punch. I've got more of a feeling it was more of a, more of a forearm elbow. And, and it hit me right, right across here. And it was such an impact, it took me off my feet. And I went flying backwards, and I landed, landed in that big uh, rocky pool of water. Oh. And I'm sort of on the verge of that, and now he's standing over the top of me, and I am beside myself. Yeah. Absolutely beside myself. Uh, and I, I, I was scared. Yeah. I, I, I'll admit it. I, I was, I was scared, and. Uh, here I am, on my back, this thing standing over the top of me, and I'm waiting for him just to pick me up like a rag doll and just start throwing me about the tree and just snapping me in half. So what I'm trying to do now is I've, I've got myself and I've asked myself on my back and I'm rocking from side to side and I'm kicking in every single direction I can. So I'm rocking from side to side. Side to side, I'm just, I just keep trying to cover every single angle that I can keep and try to keep myself as small as I can. And I'm also throwing punches, futile punches. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, I'm kicking my legs out at 
every single direction, my hands, my legs, all I want is just to keep this thing off me. And I'm yelling, I'm, I'm looking down at base camp and suddenly uh, you see the flashlights all coming up the cascade. Everyone's running towards me. <laughs> and so he's stepped off and around me and behind me is, um, is a tree. Now I'll just put this picture up here. If you ever look at this, this top one here, that top one there, that's me sitting there. And that's, you, you, see the, um, you see the water behind me. Now, that tree that you see, he's walked around that. Oh. So he's standing on the other side of that just as the guys get to. Now, I'm covered in water and dirt and blah, blah, blah. And the guys pick me up. They sort of brush me off. And I'm like <laughs> hysterical. Yeah, and it's, it, and and that's it. He's gone that way. He's gone that way because I get I hear him walking, and I heard him walk around that that tree there. Um, so we went after him. Well, that two people went first, and then after I got brushed off and cleaned up, I went as well. And in the darkness, here's these two white eyes, self-illuminating. Now, uh, this is where I can say. Not reflection, self-generating, self-illuminating. Absolutely impossible for, for, for it to happen. There was thick cloud cover in a valley with a treed canopy. There was no light at all. You could hardly see your hand in front of your face. Yet these eyes were self-illuminating. Wow. Don't, don't get it wrong. They were not reflecting. They were self-illuminating. No question about it. And so here are these eyes. And they're looking at us, and they're blinking like this. Oh. <laughs> wow. And then when we start to go towards it, he turns his head, and then suddenly there's darkness because he's not looking at us. <laughs> so we take about uh, four or five paces. He takes four or five paces. <laughs> we stop. He stops. And then he turns around, and the eyes are back. Blink. Link. Oh, wow. So we played this game for a little bit that night, and then, then he went away. Um, in the early hours of the morning, a couple of guys said, no, he was still here. You'd hear him walking around the tents. Um, then, then, we're doing good time, by the way. Yeah. Uh, then, that morning, that morning, still shaken up, still stirred, um, I set off. For a walk, which is really stupid. I took nothing with me. I always take water with me normally. I had nothing. I didn't even have my phone on me. I, had, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I think I was, I was still probably a bit dazed and, and shook up. Yeah. And, and I just I just had to get away. And so I'd gone for a walk, and I'd been gone for quite some time. And I was, I was coming back to base camp. I was really dehydrated, like really dehydrated. I needed water, and I mean serious water. I, I, was, I, was, I was about to drop dead, I think. And um, there's only one way back down to base camp. One track. There's no other way. Mm-hmm. And I had to go this way. And as I come up over this hill, and I look down, guess what's sitting on the side of the track? <laughs> no. Oh, no. And I'm not feeling too good at the time, and I needed water. Uh, and so down, down the bottom of this hill, there's long grass on the left-hand side. It would have been about three foot of uh, long grass and it's all very thick um, beyond the grass was a is, is a creek and 
and there's pine forest but obviously both sides of the track and i had to get past this thing to get back to base there's no other choice right so i did baby steps all the way down uh towards it and i'm looking at it and for some reason i just got this feeling and it's just one of these things i can't explain i just got this feeling that it was a female and as i'm getting a bit closer i'll, I'll just call her she she lays down in the grass like so well, the grass is obviously covering it. And I'm getting closer and I'm getting closer and I'm just, okay, I, I don't know whether that's the same one that hit me last night. This is what's going through my head. Right. But I need to get past this. I need to get past it. And I still can't, I can't see her because she's down in the grass and she's really well concealed. And I'm and just as I get level with her, Bang, 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 right next to me, right here, right here, only yards away from me, one on both sides. This was the guy, this one here, this was the guy who hit me, not her, and this thing is right there, (laughs) right there, and the bang was just right in my ear, and right next to me was just this really, it was like a, it was like a, um, like a really big, Thick tree, but still covered with really thick foliage. It was odd because it was the only space in the entire forest that looked like that. And whatever it was was standing on the other side of this big tree. Mm. And, but it was right there. So it's like a few yards from me. And I've got this one here. And I've got this one here. But this one's made, made the aggressive move. Whack, whack, whack me right there. It's like, whoa. Last thing I expected. Mm. And I was like, ah, 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 ah. And so I'm, I'm, I've been over and I've picked up a rock. Yeah, that's going to be great. <laughs> um, uh, so I've got a rock in my hand and I'm, I'm just frozen. And, and I didn't want to look. I didn't want to look this way. I didn't want to look that way. And I'm just standing there going, huh? <laughs> and so, okay, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. And I did baby steps, baby steps, don't look back. Baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. And I did this for ages until I felt comfortable and then it went really fast. <laughs> and then, then I, went, I went back to base. Oh and so that was, that, was, that was the experience. And I, I suffered a lot of PS, uh, um, PTSD over that. Uh, it took me a good eight months to get a full night's sleep. Mm-hmm. It really took its time. Um, there were so many questions that went through my head because I, I kept... I kept reliving the whole thing over and over, uh, every day, every night. I just kept reliving it. And, and I think one, one of the, the biggest questions in my mind was why? Yeah. Why? Why did he hit me? Right. Mm-hmm. And what did I do to make him do that? And he came from afar. It wasn't like he was standing right there. It wasn't like when Steve sat in between the two of them. He came from afar. He came with a purpose to hit me. He came to hit me for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. what was that reason and that's the thing that, that caused a lot of the turmoil now it wasn't until recently and I'm talking probably the last I mean, like 10, 10 years later um, that I've realised that when I was walking up that cascade, that great cascade and that sulfuric smell that I, that I was experiencing it, was, it seemed so close oh, you were too close it, it seemed way too close. Because remember, it was just going up my nostrils. 
Mm. It was right there, and it was so pungent, it was so powerful, it was like it was right there. But she was right there. Oh, man. He's uh, come down. I was too close. He's whacked me. <laughs> it's like the next day. I walk down there. There's she, and there's him right there. Whack, whack, whack the alpha male. That's what happened. Yeah. That's my belief now. Wow. Yeah, you want to ever piss a guy off, start moving in on his girl. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is intense. That's amazing. So, it's so amazing. That, that's my closure on it, because it may, now makes sense to me. Right. Wow. I, I never knew why. Why did he do it? But now it's just so obvious. Oh, wow. That is really, really intense. And uh, I, I'm just so thrilled that you came back again and to share these. I hope you'll come back even again, but... Uh, you know, the ball's in your court. Of course, you got an open invitation here on the portal, but could you take a minute or two and let people know how to stay in touch with you, brother? Yep. Uh, email dean at yowiehunters.com. Uh, but yowiehunters.com is uh, the website, it's Australian Yowie Research. Uh, big thanks to my friend uh, Sarah Bignall, uh, Dion Forks, my, uh, my moderator, Paul. Paul Thank you so much again. Uh, it's always, it's an amazing journey you take us on, and I'm really thankful for that, so I appreciate it. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash radio. As well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at Paranormal Portal, P-O-R-T-L. And uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. we got hundreds of shows in our, uh, our, our vault of <laughs> journeys into the Paranormal Portal. So I hope you'll check it, check it out, guys. We're over there at YouTube.com slash Paranormal Portal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So... Uh, stay tuned, but we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice, take care of each other, help each other out, find the magic in every day, and remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody. <laughs>